Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. It's time for your week daily look at the NBA and your Charlotte Hornets. It's time for the Hive O'Clock Alarm. Oh, that sounds amazing. Welcome in, fans. Hive O'Clock Alarm. I'm Doug Branson, joined by David Walker. Another day of practice set for the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, But uh, first, before we talk about anything game action-wise, I want to get to the promotions that Hornets fans can expect if they make the sojourn out to Time Warner Cable Arena for Game 3 or Game 4. The Hornets will give out black t-shirts and headbands to fans going to Game 3 on Saturday at Time Warner Cable Arena. It's a blackout at Time Warner Cable Arena. The team announced uh, Monday that fans will get to enter the Swarm t-shirts before the game. Uh, the shirts will be purple or teal for Game 4. And then, as I said, Game 3, that the, they will be black t-shirts. And uh, white for Game 6, if necessary. So they're they're trying to hit the full color spectrum, David. Black, purple, teal, and white. Some good promotions there. Those. Yeah, I love a good promotion. So that means we can expect the Heat to wear. I think they're wearing white for uh, game three. Saturday's game. Yeah, that's that's what I was. Or game three or game four. I know one of those home games for the Hornets, the the Heat will be wearing white. So I don't know yet what the the Hornets will wear. Well, the Heat have like nine uniform options, but. Yeah, I'm, I'm just never, I'm not a fan of me, of letting the away. I mean, letting uh, the away team wear their home uniform uh, on your court. But that's just me. I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah, maybe. Uh, pre-game, maybe, maybe so. Well, it's it's definitely you know you have to look at the uniforms as the greatest factor upon which wins and losses <laughs> come to a team. That's my analysis right there. Uh, pre-game music and entertainment Saturday will be provided at the Trade Street Plaza. So if you're in Charlotte, plenty to do before the game, and you get some cool swag when you get into the arena. David, do you remember any of the previous Hornets playoff promos? Either back in the day or maybe Bobcats promos? Were they T-shirt and um, well, headband? I think headbands were definitely a thing uh, in the former Hornets when they actually. I went to a playoff game where Jack Black sang the national anthem, what? and he was wearing a headband. Yeah, he was filming. Uh, he was filming. Oh, uh, um, shallow how? Shallow how? Yeah, Howell, in North Carolina. Charlotte. Yep. So not many people knew who he was, but I did. Cause I'm a comedy savant. <laughs> You're a savant, but, right? uh, but yeah. Do you, do you remember any of them? I don't. This will be my first. Actually, I'll, I'll give an admission here. This will be my first Hornets or Bobcats playoff expedition. I'm young, folks. They did I, do what? They did do a whiteout. The Bobcats did a whiteout, I believe, and gave away out to gave away t-shirts as well. So that's that's a good news. I think you're correct. Uh, another. I'm trying to find the, the the scheduling news for Game Four because we we noted that Game Four was strangely the only game four that had not been scheduled. 
I know that it's going to be on NBA TV slash Fox Sports Southeast if you're local. And I'm trying to find a time for that. I imagine it would be 7 or 7.30 because it seems like the week the weekday games are 7, 7.30 for the first game. Monday. Yeah. It's like 7, according to my trusty Hornets app. Okay, perfect. So 7 o'clock, game 4. So that'll be good. So the, the Hornets will play game 2 at 7 o'clock. They'll play game 4 at 7 o'clock. And, you know, we know... It's well documented the struggles that the Hornets have with games outside of seven o'clock, and and I don't I don't want to believe that it's true, David. I don't want to believe that the Hornets. I know you don't. It really it really bothers me. Yet time after time, I mean, five the five thirty start at uh, in game one, and, and they just come out completely flat. Uh, I, I don't want to believe in this in this voodoo, but. It's. It seems like it's kind of a real thing. It's tough to deny. I think that one, the previous game, the last game we just watched, was hopefully more of the playoffs than just the early-ish start. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, maybe we can hang our hat on that because if, that, if that's the case, I mean, the top 30 start on Saturday, they have to come out ready in that game. It's at home. That's, I'm going to go ahead and say it. That's almost a must-win. Actually, I'm going to say it. It's a must-win. Yeah, I, I, well, I think in the playoffs, every every game becomes a must-win. It, it's it's okay to say that at that point. Okay. Uh, well, let's okay. let's check in on the enemy. Uh, Miami Herald article here. Heat coach Eric Spolstra emphasizes the Hornets' ability to rebound after big losses. Uh, Charlotte was 11 and six this season in games immediately following double-digit losses. Four of those wins against playoff teams, Toronto, Memphis, Indiana, and Boston. David, did Game 1 signal a trend for you, or do the Heat have a legitimate concern here that the Hornets will fire back in Game 2? Oh, yeah, I think they have to. I mean, the Hornets have shown that all year, something we've talked about. It's something we've come to expect, because you know there have been a few of these bad losses and head scratchers to the Nuggets and teams like that, even some at home, so... That's got to be something the Heat are aware of, and the Hornets has to live up to that billing. I mean, if they're going to get back in the series, they're not out of it. They're down one to nothing, but you can't have another performance like that. And we saw some teams last night, like the Dallas Mavericks, bounce back and get a big win after losing by 30. So the Hornets have to be looking at that. Are you feeling any better, you know, uh, 24 hours removed or more than that from that loss of you? Have you improved yeah. your outlook on the game at all? Well, you know, so I did the the ESPN 730 hit yesterday, and they asked if my perspective had changed, and I said no, and, and I thought more about it, and I'm like, yeah, no, it hasn't. It really hasn't, because <laughs> I stuck with my in-the-moment answer, because... I I don't look at I've looked at the game tape over and over again and I don't see anything systemic. Like I you know I remember the Bobcats playing the uh, Miami Heat with LeBron James or Dwight Howard in the Magic and there were systemic issues in both of those series mainly that we were playing Dwight Howard and LeBron James and we had no answer for that. But I, I look at this game and I see you know a, a defensive plan that it was it was uh, noble, I think, of them uh, of the Hornets 
to get aggressive on the pick and roll and to try something different than they have been doing all season, but it backfired. They got aggressive on the pick and roll. They trapped. They, I mean, they aggressively trapped. They didn't just trap every once in a while. I mean, it seemed like, especially early on, every pick and roll, especially side pick and rolls that the Heat threw out there, the Hornets jumped all over it with their big men, and the Miami Heat simply responded and passed it beautifully, got the ball rotated, and knocked down shots. And so I think the big question, and this is the big gamble, all of these games come down to you know strategy and gambles and these kinds of things. And if you're the Hornets, your gamble is, do you stay aggressive? It's sort of like paper, rock, scissors. Are they expecting you, after you got beat by rock, are they expecting you to throw out scissors again? Will the Hornets be aggressive again? Uh, you know, expecting the Heat to expect them to not be aggressive. I don't know. But I, I think that, you know, if, if you're the Hornets, you look at that series and go, there's no systemic problems. We just have some minor adjustments to make, and and we could possibly, you know, take game two. I think you're right. I think the experience factor is still something that's looming as far as my perspective on this game. I mean, I, I gave it some credence going into the game. I just didn't think guys like Lou Alding would be able to pump in 31 points. And, I mean, if he's going to do that every night, they're going to lose the series. <laughs> but I don't think that's the expectation. Uh, but Dwayne Wade, Eric Spolstra, and, you know, guys like Ding and um, and some of their more experienced players, it's, it's something you can't replicate if you haven't been there. So that's why it's important for the Hornets to go through this. You saw Nick Batum was a little bit comfortable. and I But I do think Kimball Walker – you know, this he's got to come out aggressive and looking to impact the game in a positive way from the start. From the start on Wednesday night, don't you think? Well, Scott Fowler from the Charlotte Observer agrees with you. His latest article, Kimba Walker must be the best player on the floor for the Hornets to have a shot. And I don't know. I I, I looked at the game and I, I thought that Kimba Walker did really everything he could do. He played decently defensively he he made the same mistakes on, on some of these uh, uh pick and rolls where where he had to check the the man underneath and and he got back late to a shooter Josh Richardson hit a big 3 on Kemba uh but I, I thought you know offensively he did some of the same things that he's been doing all season and of course you know Hassan Whiteside being down low uh, affected him he missed a couple of uh, pull up jumpers in the lane because he couldn't go all the way to the rim because of Hassan Whiteside but yeah I just look at Kemba Walker's game and I I didn't to me that was not the problem at all Um, but I like this quote from that article from 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 Kemba he said we didn't match their intensity at all our coverages were bad our communication just everything we were a little off and for a lot of us, we were really excited, really anxious. I think that got to us a little bit as well. Really anxious. That's interesting, David, that that they would come out anxious, nervous. We obviously saw Frank Kaminsky struggle a lot in this game. And, you know, you, you have to, even though they have veterans on this team that have been there before, have been, you know, through long playoff runs, it seemed like the team as a whole – I feel like almost they feel like they have something to prove, and that's getting in the way a little bit mentally for them. Oh, yeah. Well, look at the number that's starting to pop up now, right? The 11 consecutive losses. I mean, that's a that's a thing now that is going to be shown before every game now until they get a win, I think. So, 
I'm I'm with you. I mean, after the game, Kimball wasn't, you know, distraught or depressed, which is good. You don't want somebody to just be totally crushed by a loss. And he was fine to give you what he needed to give you. I just thought he took a little too long and was a little tentative maybe beforehand. But obviously, Kimball wasn't the reason they lost or the only issue out there. I just think as the leader, of we as, as we have labeled him as such, that he's got to come out with a, a little bit more – I don't know. I mean, I think the confidence is there. He's just got to play better from the start, I think. And that goes for everyone. I mean, they can't give up 41 points in the first quarter, right? You what? Uh, you hope not. And and when you take a look at this argument about whether they should stay with their aggressive plan on the pick and roll and defense or if they should hang back and get back to what they did defensively throughout the regular season, I think that that quote signals to me that they have to get back to what they did at the regular season. They have to start doing things that they're familiar with and, and, and settle down and, and get back to playing the, the basketball that won them 48 games in the regular season. So that's why, you know, while I see the merits of staying aggressive and, you know, the wall ding's not going to score 31 points again, or at least you hope, you know, the, the shooting, the rotation, Miami did some things offensively that they haven't done all year. So there's an argument to be made that, you, you know, you don't want to switch back and forth each game on, on how you approach the, the defensive end of the floor. But I, I just think you have to set in and get back to what made you successful throughout the regular season. We'll see what the Hornets decide to do in Game 2. And uh, we're back on the air tonight. Hive Talk Live, 6 p.m. Our guest will be Jonathan Jones of the Charlotte Observer. He's in Miami covering the Hornets uh, in place of Rick Bunnell. Again, 6 p.m. HiveTalkLive.com. Also, we're on a quest for 2,000 followers before the NBA Finals on Twitter. Make sure to follow us at Hive Talk Live. We'll be giving away a Hornets signed mini ball to one of our followers as soon as we hit 2000. Thanks so much for listening to the Hive O'Clock Alarm. Listen to us tonight. Until then, all hail the Teal and Purple.